Hey, everybody, it's John. And thanks to everybody who helps us out every week by going to patreon.com slash steal this beer and throwing a couple of bucks away so that we can mail beers to our guests and have some fun conversations resulting from that. So uh, if you're not already, go check it out. It's patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, as Cass says, a little bit goes a long way and we appreciate the support. Now, here come the sirens. Steal This Beer, a candid weekly discussion about beer, over beer, by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. All right, hey y'all, it's five o'clock on Monday and we are stealing beer. Ho, 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 John Hall. Happy Boxing Day, Augie Carton. Is it Boxing Day? It is. Can I expect Santa? A, Santa expect is already a, on vacation. Can I expect a scratch and sniff beer book? <laughs> Happy Justin Kennedy Day. That's isn't that what we call it around here? Justin Kennedy releases yet another tome on the finer nuances of craft brewing. Just in time. Just in time for New Year's. I checked my other book. It's number 25 in beer books on Amazon right now. So go is that right? Yeah. Your Ooh. other one? What's the other one? Uh, what is it called? It's uh, a it's... beer. Oh, <laughs> what's it called? <laughs> it's called uh, Small Craft Breweries. Oh, God. Farmhouse See, that... licenses in New York State. Out, of, out of the entire <laughs> beer category on Amazon, you're, at, you're sitting pretty at 25. What's sitting at number one right now? Oh, you know, it's the one that's like a Budweiser history or something. I don't know. Okay. It's the one Barrel that's aged and selling out. No, no, there's a, there's a, is it the King of Beers book? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's so. A, it's this unauthorized history, if I'm remembering correctly, of the Bush family and all of their various travails with hookers and helicopters and Augie getting up to no good. The other Augie. Yeah. The, the, the but, real brewer Augie. But Budweiser Augie. <laughs> yeah. Augie heavy. Oh my yeah. God, I tasted beer one already. Oops. Hi, oh. Joel. Sour beer hey. makes me think of you. How the fuck are you, pal? Good. How are you guys? I'm good. It must be Christmas. So that must be Joel Shelton's voice. Thieves oh, at oh, home. Oh. Yeah. Checking in, checking in on the status of world, primarily European beer and beer tourism. And what the fuck's going on, Joel? How's your year been, buddy? Oh, you know, we actually um, did our tours, I think last year. Every year it's been a different uh, level of stress, but last year I was wondering if it was going to happen because you remember COVID at this time still wasn't very uh, uh, Omicron wasn't very, wasn't very controlled yet. Yeah, which sounds weird now, I suppose. So I was nervous up until the last minute. Uh, we went to Belgium and France in May, even up to the last, even up to the time we were there, I was panicking because we had to get a test to get home. Really. So yeah, so I mean that's that's a detail. I don't know if you want to get into COVID details, but we were yeah, on the first the first tour in May, Belgium and France, which was one we did before with Shelton Brothers, and these were people that were waiting since Shelton Brothers days to go. Um, uh, in addition to everything else, they had to get a test one day before they got on the plane to go back home, and if they failed, then they or if they tested positive, they would have had to stay. <laughs> and that was a nice little highlight of the trip. So there was a little yeah. bit of fear the whole time but as it just scammed by a big hotel 
and nobody. I, we we had a couple of friends that got pinched by that last year um, yeah. around Christmas, including some friends that were in Paris that had to stay an extra ten days, um, nearly wow. losing their job and their uh, their mortgage payments in the process. But Paris well, is not cheap. C'est la vie. Yeah, part of me wanted to stay, you know, because, you know, I don't, I don't have a regular job. So I thought if I had to stay in Belgium for another week, it wouldn't have been the worst thing. No doubt. So um, which part of Belgium would you have been stuck in? Well, it would have been Brussels. And I don't yeah. think they really cared. I mean, it's weird. Europe, you would think they would be more uh, picky about this stuff. But they nobody was masked when we were there except for me. No, you know, my staff. Yeah. It, so it was kind of like I don't the, even the hotel said, well, yeah, you're not supposed to leave the room if you're if you're guilty of having COVID. But I, I had a feeling that we could have just done whatever we wanted if it turned out that way. But I uh, would have been stuck in Brussels and just like walked around a bit, which would have been fine. But I was yeah. glad it worked out the way it did. So it was OK. Everybody was good. That's awesome. I'm glad it finally came together. I know you're being tortured by that. And the fact that you did finally get some of the old Shelton Brothers tours that were scheduled to happen makes it extra embarrassing for Justin Kennedy that we haven't gone to industrial arts yet for our fifth anniversary. Yeah, there's um, a lot of pressure on those of you who didn't come through this year. That's right. We that's a giant failure, Justin. That's on you, buddy. Um, so what Here. what's going on over there? What did, what did the world look like over there? You, as far you as can absolutely hear Justin not caring, by the way, yeah, which is I, great, I, which I, is I, what I love it. about him. Um, but so talk to me. My wife just got back from visiting her father in London and in typical London fashion, every story of hers was, then we went from here to here, stopping at four or five pubs along the way. Yeah, and it was, a, it was a story I kind of, I, I envied because we're around here in Jersey, we're still not back to that part where people are just going out and bar hopping on Friday nights yet. Um, is that, is that different too, from here? I mean, I, I haven't been going out much and it's, it's people go home way earlier here now is what I understand. Yeah. So the city is shocking. The city, sh the city shuts down at 11 o'clock these days. Yeah. It's bizarre. It, it's like, it's like something we could never have imagined. Yeah. And I think, am I just old and I don't go out anymore? There is that, but it just seems like life is really, really different on the uh, party scene than it was before yeah. COVID, you know, just three years ago. No doubt. Uh, what did it look like in Belgium, though? Were people, was it the Belgium you remember in the in the bars or pubs or brasseries or wherever you were eating your frites? Yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think they've changed in Europe as much as we've, we've changed here. I, I Like I said, I was surprised about that, but they, they basically gave up on it way before we did. Uh, gave up uh, worrying about it, I should say. And that's what it seemed like. And I didn't see anything different. It, it had been a few years, but it, it seemed like everything was normal. It was packed in May. It was completely full on the streets. The bars were full. It, you would, it was like nothing had happened, to be frank. It's, it's, it's weird that we're not snapping back as quickly. Um, John, what, 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 do you, what do you know about Belgium right now and drinking over there? What's, what am I missing to, to check in on? Uh, Andy was just, uh, over there in early November and he so was, Belgium is slightly more grumpy than it was three um, months ago. They, they're happier now that he's gone. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think it's been interesting to talk to folks about how the, the, the outside perception of what Belgian beer is and what the new brewers are doing to both make things a little bit more modern, but also um, trying to tie into tradition as much as possible. 
um, or whatever they're comfortable with. So it, 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 it still strikes me that the country from the folks that I've been talking to and Owen Walsh has, has written about this a little bit. He has a great book that came out this year um, called uh, The History of Brussels Beer in 50 Objects. Um, and he starts with a cool ship and ends with a cool ship um uh from various breweries and and then it's just the orval glass 48 times uh well this is just this is just <laughs> brussels specific so not belgium uh specific or belgian uh, specific but um you know that there is uh, a, a, i think a lot of pressure that folks have on tradition but uh, there's also a great desire by both drinkers and makers to try to do something different try to you know create new categories new styles and um yeah it's got to be fun to be on the ground to to see that kind of thing joel were you seeing that was were people citra hopping their their quads or what was going on over there um well you know my angle on all of this is more based on the past in a sense because we were doing the traditional european stuff uh in the 90s uh introducing it to people in the u.s mostly so i'm still stuck in those days in a way and that's kind of what I, i trade on i bring people over there to see these traditional guys but uh, at the same time, things do change, and it is interesting to see uh, people doing new things. As long as the quality is really high, I think then it's worth more attention than if it's just a gimmick. You know what I mean? You guys know about yeah. this stuff. But um, so I found it really fun to go from, for example, Cantillon, which seems like uber traditional, <laughs> I suppose, in anybody's book, and to walk down the street to L'Hermitage, a brew pub. Uh, and there are the Cantillon workers drinking uh, IPAs after work. <laughs> and, um, and it's it's sort of American-style brew pub, but it's always going to be different being in a little uh, courtyard in Brussels, and it's all working people in Brussels and things like that. So I enjoy that part of it, as long as the, the idea behind it is to make as good a beer as possible. I think if it's just to capitalize on, oh, this is a cool thing now, which a lot of people have done uh, in different countries, uh, that's what separates it for me. Is the, uh, it's is their intent, and I, could see I, that. Pers- I personally am very conservative about beer styles. I suppose I don't really, I don't need in my lifetime to try anything brand new. I don't think it's easy to create something brand new. I'm I can I often tell people on tour that when I have a beer that I really love, I could live with this one the rest of my life. Just this one. There are many examples of those. So I'm kind of more on that end that I'm not totally experimenting all the time. But I'm uh, spending a lot of time just going back and checking in with the old masters, more or less. Nice. So, so besides Cantillon, who over there? Like, uh, let's jump off Cyrus for a minute, because so if I think back on this year of the show, a couple of the most pleasing beers we had were just traditional Abbey ales, doing all the flavors in the world on their, you know four ingredients and yeah. doing that what what's of that part of the trip what stuck out most to you for you know for clean fermentation belgians as a you know thank god this still exists 700 years later kind of drinking well i i would say i i probably sounded a little too purist what i was just saying but i mean if you look at the list we go to the places that uh most of the places that we imported from uh, are what are uh, are included on the tour. So, for example, we start off at Thierrier in France, uh, which is a hybrid of old and new. Um, and he's always experienced. You know, Daniel Thierrier is a sort of a hop hop fanatic, and and he's created new new strains and all this kind of thing. But um, so there's a mix there right off the bat. But the 
the the intent again is is on balance. Uh, so you get this amazing hop flavor and you get this amazing yeast quality and all these things, but it's always about the balance rather than saying, look at this new uh, highlight of a beer you can try. Like well, like when you throw an ingredient in there, look at this, you can really taste the whatever's. And I think that's uh, what's still there for the most part. After that, we go to Stroy's, you know, and that guy just does all kinds of wacky stuff. He, so he's, he's completely <laughs> on, on the other planet. And so I find them equally interesting. We found them equally interesting as, as Shelton Brothers uh, in that we just, we, we just went with the flow, whatever was coming out that was really high quality. So again, I'm kind of going back to that 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 subject, and I wouldn't say you know go to Strozzi and say oh everything is so balanced. It's like the the, the draft lineup where they they set the uh, set us loose on the drafts uh, on the taps, and everyone starts pouring madly, and and half of them are like 19. percent So there's an <laughs> I can appreciate that though. But then we go from that to uh, uh, Durant, which is also in between. It's like really hoppy, but it's not trying to be really hoppy. It's just trying to be balanced. So and then we went. Then we go to West Vlederen, of course, which is a whole other planet. Yeah. You don't really go there and think, oh, what have they done new? Uh, <laughs> you just think, oh, it's yeah, I like this taste. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the person to ask technically about it, I suppose, but it's kind of like the whole experience of being there, and just uh, touching base with it again. And I, I probably the places that we go to, and, and then we could add to that Drefontaine and the other one we imported. Uh, De La Seine, uh, and Al Cantillon, of course. And, and so when you think about it, none of them particularly are focusing on doing something bold and crazy new. They're all interested in it, though, I, I would say. But what they're really focused on is making sure every beer they make is as great as possible. Yeah, that's definitely definitely what we hope. So we should talk about the black glass. Uh, what brings us together on seal beer is a candid conversation of beer, what it's doing, not what we hoped it would do, how it tastes, not how hard it was to get, and where we would put it in our lives if it was in our cellar. Uh, speaking of cellar, this tastes like a cellar beer, huh, John Hall? I, it, it, yes and no. Um, there is a there is an old world quality to it. There is Ooh, yeah. uh, a, 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 a really nice smack of that balsamic, um, mm. uh, you know, acidity. And uh, that kind of makes me think of a Flanders red. Um, but it, 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 it is also a little bit bright and it's a little bit sweet. And that, um, you know, that balsamic vinegar. Which also vinegar makes you think that of I, a Flanders red. Yeah, no, I know. But there, but, but there's something like a little bit deeper to it like or i'm sorry a little bit sweeter to it that almost makes me think of like an oud brune um okay uh in that way like where the that balsamic note does not fully stick on the palate and it instead kind of just comes through with this nice residual sweetness as opposed to some of that that uh vinegary tang so um i'm 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 pleasantly surprised and delighted by this beer um yeah. it's just yeah, not 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 a ton of alcohol, or at least perceived, and I'm yet still like warming and and cheerful, and uh, man, I'm just having the best Boxing Day ever so far. I'll tell you what, uh, yeah, it tastes scarlet to me. Um, yes, I said a I don't give I um, don't give a damn. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Um, but I'll tell you what, man, it's it's testing my my belief system because 
I love it. I think it's super pretty. It's 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 handling a bright acidity very nicely with the sweetness. And I'm definitely getting some wood, um, wood tannin kind of dryness to the finish. Um, and it's all around just lovely and fun to drink. However, it's in a 12 ounce can, or I'm sure I'm guessing it's in whatever the 12 ounce European measurement is. Sure. But, um, but I don't know that I want a six pack of this. I feel like if I drank a beer no. like this out of a bottle with you a year ago, I'd be like, they should can this. I would drink a six pack. And now that I'm looking at it in the context of a six pack, I don't think I'd want a six pack. Of no, I don't want a six pack of this. But I'd I want a can kind of middle dinner. I, I would have two of these. I would drink one fresh and then I would pour one and kind of sit it on the side and kind of come back to it as the night goes on. Because even as it's starting to warm a little bit, I'm getting some of those those black cherries uh, on the back end. It's There's something else that's very specific that is going to come to me in a minute. And maybe Joel will be yeah, able to. Yeah, it's time to, to throw to Joel because yeah. this is definitely the kind of beer Joel likes. Right, Joel? No. No, you hate it? No, I don't hate it. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't remember if, if, uh, if, I don't know if you're joking. If I, if I said something in the past that indicated that I don't like this kind of beer. I don't no, know. I think you do no, like no, no. it. We think of you oh. as a big consumer of proper European sours. And this tastes very, I think John's right. I think it's, I don't know who cans a Flanders Red, but I think it's a straight traditional classic. We'll know the brand Flanders Red. I just don't know who cans. Do we, we don't even know if it's from Europe though, right? No, we don't know that. But it, it, to me, it tastes, it's too well organized to be an American sour person. What are you saying? I think th I don't think anybody <laughs> in our world balances sugar like this. They either make it dry or they make it too sweet. They don't have this level of sweetness. They they don't know how to mid-tone sweetness. They only know how to over or under sweeten. Right. I'm including myself in that story. <laughs> That's pretty hardcore, you know. I'm supposed to be the one saying these things. If my brother was here, he'd be going nuts on that, but um I'm critiquing my own beers. Like I like a very dry sour. Um, yeah, yeah. I prefer them like, like, you know, well, you know this, we've talked about this many times, but I prefer them like bone, but this is lovely. And what makes this lovely is a, a exact point of sweetness. Yeah. It's, it's sort of, it's sweeter than most kind of beers that, that of this sort of style, I think, which is a little bit of a shock because you expect it to be more bone dry. Yep. Um, I I am actually not a huge sour drinker. I I rarely drink sour beer. I mean, I I think we're known for kind of bringing over. I went over and found Cantillon's, you know, as the legend goes, and loved it and brought it back. But it was never about the sourness at all. I just thought, wow, this is an amazing flavor. Uh, so. It's funny, I kind of make fun of sour because I always say, oh, I don't feel like drinking sour. I don't drink sours that often. This one's easier to drink because of the sweetness, I think, Yeah. Uh, which makes it nice. For me, I, I don't know if it's a seasonal beer, but if, to me, it's more like a summer beer at the moment. I can There's, see that. Like, it would go really well with, like, cheeseburgers. Yeah. Right? Like grilled. Yeah. And um, so so I don't, I don't, I wouldn't even. Is that a cheese pairing? <laughs> no, that's a burger pairing. But it, it feels very light to me. And I would think of it as, yeah, something if I was really thirsty, it would be best for me at this point. 
Um, yeah, it's definitely thirst quenching. It, it 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 goes down easy. It's it it's yeah. It it does kind of hit that spot. It's not one of those. Oh, I'm gonna sip this. I've been taking big big drinks out of this no, as yeah. I've been. Yeah. I'm almost done with it. Yeah. yeah. Is there it did go quickly? And I think John, I think you might be misreading the alcohol a little because now that I'm mostly done with it, I'm I am definitely warm cheeked. <laughs> um, I think this might be a little a little higher than six. I, I know we spent a ton of time on this, but I'm trying there's there's one very specific flavor that I can't fully tease out. And this is where you as your with your with your food knowledge, uh, Augie, can come in helpful. Um I keep coming back to fig, yeah, but not the inside fig. of the fig, like a like smelling well, a fig so, from across the room kind of thing. Like it's it, think, it's not no, the I paste, think, it's not the middle, it's not it's no, the no, it's what I think it is is the times you've been served figs charred with balsamic vinegar and or ham. I think it's I think that's where you, there's some name for that. It's like devil goat balls or something. I don't know. I'm sorry, but, what? It's just some weird name for them when you you bake and wrap a fig, grill it, and then put balsamic on it. It's got some cutesy name, but like um, devil goat balls, something like that. I don't, wow, know. I don't know, it's something that. like that. I swear to God, there's some weird name for it. Obviously, on it's horseback? Not that. what is it? Devils on horseback? No, is that what that is? I don't know. Anyway, um, but Hall, I think that's why you're thinking fig is because because your balsamic note is just too spot on yeah. for me to get past. Right, like it's, that's it's, why I'm saying that there is something to the background of this, yeah. and that's where I, I was going with that black, black cherry. cherry. When you said black cherry, but I was thinking like black cherry soda, black cherry, mm -mm, not mm -mm. actual black cherries. No. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Like, I I feel like it's more soda-ish when you talk about cherries. Yeah, I don't really get the fig because I guess I think of fig as being this deep, it, heavier sweetness. And, which and I don't here's find the thing. That, I, you know, yeah, I'm not fully saying that I agree with myself on fig, but there is some sort of what's it called when you dry a fig that's a date no that's a prune no, no it's a dried fig no but there's a name for <laughs> yeah. dried figs i don't think so uh, uh it's called newtonizing nice newtoning maybe, maybe that's what it is maybe it's a newton it's a, fig, it's a, a fig plum is a or a prune is a dried plum oh, is that true yeah yeah it should be an educational for me a prune is a dried plum and a date is a dried Something. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Um, I'm not gonna remember any of this because I'm drunk now. Because I, yeah, I think this is higher ABV than John said. Attaboy, like, thanks like, for coming like, on, Joel. I feel like the I'm wife, there. The wife's gonna quick. be pissed. <laughs> um, all right, what is it? What is it? You guys know this beer. This is, uh, but it's a variation on it. This is uh, Duchess de Bur Bourguignon, <gasps> but the petite Duchess. version. Petite version, four point two percent alcohol. Fuck, this is oh, just fucking love it. No, yeah. And it's only four two. Yeah, oh, I didn't know this existed. So it was a at, in a twelve ounce can. Eleven point two ounce. Yeah, point two. Authentic Flemish red. It's such a cute little can. Yeah. Like you, you know that you know that picture that shows up on the internet every now and then of a can in um, Andre the Giant's hands. I yeah. feel like I want to see this can in that hand. <laughs> um, so this is interesting. They've taken out the the Duchess's full title of like what, what was it? It's like Duchess de Bourgogne. Bourgogne, yeah. Um, and they just call it Duchess Petite. 
Uh, they've taken out of like they've taken her, her, her taken place her of location away. Um, the I, I'm a huge a fan can. of can. This really is. I'm a huge fan of of Duchess. This is my Christmas Eve beer every year. Uh, the traditional, the um, real Duchess, the real Duchess. Every Christmas With Eve title. I get a four pack and I drink a four pack and it's uh, it's a tradition that I've been doing for the last 10, 15 years now, maybe. And it's the one time so what, of the year that I have it. This is, I, I know I should know this, but what style of beer is Duchess? It's a, a Flanders. Flanders red. Red. It is yeah. a Flanders red. Okay, yeah. good. Cause you nailed that. Yeah. And I, I followed your nailing of it. So I'm taking credit. This, cool. This, as you, you do, to, you have to admit, this is pretty, uh, muted as far as whatever sharper flavors are in a Flanders red. No, a hundred percent. That's why I was going with that. That sweetness was making me think of Ubrun a little bit of, uh, and some of those other flavors of, because the, the, the traditional Duchess has a much more assertive uh, balsamic smack that actually follows through onto the palate. And this just completely drops off after the sip is gone. And I don't know, man. I still a little have bit of that, that sweetness, wood. but I still have that wood finish. Yeah, but but not that not that vinegary tang. No, no. it doesn't have that at all, in my opinion. It just yeah. is a hint of. In fact, I think the sourness is just almost like something you give to someone who doesn't know if they like sour beer to see if they can dip their feet into the water. Yeah, yeah. yeah this, no, this is, is. You could definitely bridge somebody into sours with this beer. Yeah, without being. If too you sweet. could get them to admit to liking salad dressing. <laughs> You know what I mean? If you're like, but do you like salad or good? We'll try this. Open up. Um, what's interesting is the, <laughs> the Duchess also uh, does, I, or I think they do, a cherry version, um, which I tried once and was too of petite or of no, no, no. I no, not I. This is the first time I've ever seen petite or knew that it existed. So, uh, bravo, Justin. Um, but though they do a cherry version of the traditional. Uh, or at least they were for a couple of years. I don't know if that's still around, but it's um, it was a little too cough medicine-y for, for my yeah, taste. Yeah, it's tough to mix cherries with alcohol and not end up in that that Tussin world. Robitussin. Hey, um, by the way, I know, I know we got to talk to Joel about a lot of stuff, but very briefly, I just want to compliment Justin uh, on this tinfoil, which seems- Yeah, I, little... I was saving that. I thought I, I was going to save that for the M show to talk about how he clearly brought out his nicest foil for for Em and Joel. It's it's, ho it's holiday foil, dude. What it's, is going on with this foil? It is. I can like I could. It's I could smooth. Like, trim yeah, my got... my nose hairs in it. It's so it's such mirror reflective. <laughs> I was trimming your nose hairs in it. <laughs> like it's 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 a high shine. What's going on with your fancy foil here, Kennedy? It came from. Are, are we about to? Foods. Are we about oh, to incur a tax penalty? It's all foods. It's. <laughs> it's, it's organic tinfoil. Wow. Yeah. Does it hurt your feelings? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah, it, it, it's the heavy duty uh, aluminum foil oh. from Whole Foods. And I noticed the shine too. And I it's crazy. It. It's yeah. nice. Yeah, no, the minute I opened the box, and to be fair, as long as we're giving blinded packing compliments, the box fit the four vessels quite nicely there was no wasted space i only got one target bag this week it didn't take 15 target bags to pad it out interesting i didn't have a target bag but i had a target box uh with uh, a crushed up celebration 
12 pack <laughs> um, as as padding in there. I thought you'd like that, John. No, I, I really, I, I put it in my recycling where it should have just been in yours. But yeah. Speaking of which, what do, what do we, when are we doing the Patreon only episode with the uh, Jeroboam of, of Celebration? It's an excellent question. Got to lock that down. We got to lock, lock it. Got to lock it down. Yeah. If I don't drink it first. Mm. You know, so boxing what, day what is else? off to a hell of a start. So Say, you never woo! know. Yeah, have you tasted beer too? Boxing Day is about to put us to bed. Uh, I'm about to. Get on to beer too and let's get back to Joel. So what else is going on in the world of Joel? Joel, you didn't just do a one-week trip in the last 52 weeks. No, no, no. So we just we got we got uh, stuck on Belgium, which was appropriate considering the uh, the sample we just had. Mm. Um, so anyway, we did we did the uh, the grand the uh, all-star hits of Belgium, which is always fun uh, to, to do it with a group of people. Uh, uh, that maybe wouldn't get to visit it like that uh, the way you do with us, where we're kind of friends with everybody and it's a whole different thing. But we went later on, we tried to go to uh, Scotland. I don't remember if we were talking about that last year. We No, tried to do I, I love that idea. Well, the idea was great, except for it seemed to be greater for 2023 than 2022 because nobody signed up. Well, we had a couple and we said, no, we can't go. We need more than a couple. But now we have a full uh, complement to go in 2023. So that's coming up in june uh right it, after our belgian tour in fact i'm going to go from belgium to scotland oddly enough uh, now that, will this involve scotch tasting or is this yeah. just a beer trip no it's half and half nice so it's going to be a lot of it's going to be use the spoon but, um yeah we wouldn't go to scotland um the whole idea was uh that uh um that you you wouldn't go to scotland and not drink whiskey it, i think it wouldn't really make sense and the idea was never about oh we're just going to do another beer tour I talked to Kevin Brooks, who is, uh, was our UK guy in Shelton Brothers. I said, what can we do uh, in the UK? Let's do something. And, and one idea was, uh, let's go to Scotland and just do half and half uh, whiskey and beer. And um, the whiskey is sort of more obvious for more, most people. Uh, the beer is less obvious. Uh, we, we imported some Scotch beers, and we're, we're going to visit some of those guys. And the big highlight of the trip is Fine Ales, Fine Fest, which is a, 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 a festival in June that takes place sort of right between a bunch of mountains on a lake and all the brewers from uh, UK go up there and sleep out in tents and stuff. So it sounds pretty awesome. Neat. Uh, that was next year though. This, I mean, that well, this year we didn't do that, but this year we did go to Franconia again, which is our kind of our, our main tour, you know, kind of our, our homeland tour uh, in the middle of the summer. So you're thirsty and drinking lager and climbing mountains and such. So that was, again, it went really well. We had a lot of people and it was really, really fun. And we always discover new places there too, even though everybody's sort of making the same beer. You go down the road and you have a different version of it, which which is a really fascinating thing. It's completely different from going to Belgium. So yeah, I had I had a trip. I did a France trip this year through the Pyrenees, and what I loved about it was, you know, we we travel sixty miles a day and sleep in the next town, and every single bar had a white, a golden, and an amber beer <laughs> from a different brewery. Yeah. Same three beers, different brewery, each stop, all perfect, low key, food friendly, couple beers after, you know, day of work beers. And I was like, I miss this kind of drinking. We need to get back to drinking like this. Well, you, you remember in the 90s when the uh, we called it uh, micro brew rather than craft beer, I think. Um, mm -hmm. Those of us who are old enough to remember this, um, the brew pubs in, uh, in, in the U.S. were not doing... Uh, 40 different beers. They were doing gold. They were doing blondes. 
they were doing porters or stouts. They were doing a wheat beer. It was kind of like that. What I would say, wouldn't you say that it was in those days? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so that's actually my favorite compliment I could give to Wincoop, because in the middle of you know my tenure in craft, we end up out in Colorado, and I just went over to Wincoop to check it out, and they still had, you know, really just nicely executed five. Um, you know, like you just said, pub beers, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. what they did. And they did them great. And they went good with food and it was good bar drinking. You know what I mean? I was yeah, always well, impressed by that. Anyway, I, go on. Yeah, I, I'm a, a, a real um, trooper for, and I, and I tell people on the tours this, because a, a lot of the folks on tour are obviously craft beer fans. Some of them are kind of new to it. Um, so they're really excited about all the crazy things you can try, you know, and you know, those of us who've gone over that hump a while ago, we have different attitudes sometimes, perhaps. That's like, wow, really just try this one that's called a lager or, or this Keller beer or this blonde ale or whatever. Um, and again, you know, you know, I can drink one beer the rest of my life if if, if I had to, if, if it's a really great beer. We would go to some places in Franconia that only made two beers. And I couldn't be happier because there was one little brewery in this little town that I was brought to in a town called Schlüsselfeld. And these guys... Uh, it was called Sternbräu, star beer. Star beer. Uh, so they had a basically a lighter and a darker beer. And I told them, this is the best beer I've had in this tour, which is saying something because we were in Franconia. And for me, yeah. that's what's most thrilling is that you get one that just is so sublime, whatever style it is, and, and you're just taken to another place rather than just saying, oh, this is so cool. This is so wild. <laughs> you know, that, that idea doesn't interest me so much anymore. And I think a lot of us are going that direction. A lot of the brewers, I think, would wouldn't mind going that direction either. I guess we debate that. You know, you're you're an actual brewer, so yeah. I used to, I think I said last year mistakenly, oh, brewers just want to make two styles and do them well, and and you said no, not really. But it's a uh, you know when you go to a country where that's all they even consider, then it's very interesting. You know, getting back to Franconia, uh, to to go to a place that they really only care about that, and what they care about is making it as good as possible, like their grandpapa did. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and there was, there was one little place along the way that literally just had a lager and a black lager and a great little town, you know, it's none of these are big towns or mountain towns, but if there were 15 restaurants, the 15 restaurants had that guy's lager and that guy's black lager. And you could yeah. tell that that's all they needed. You know what I mean? It was, it was simple and both were lovely beers. Um, you can get back to it. The problem is I get bored. Like I, I'm always yeah, yeah. gonna make the always beers, and you got to make them perfectly every time. But God, you need to fuck around a little bit, man. No, like, no, no. I, I'm just mm. saying, as as for my own personal use at this point, <laughs> I, I I bring people over who want to try a million things, and I'm happy to provide that, and the brewers are happy to provide it. I do just try to uh, give a balance to it a little bit by saying, you know, uh, you know, I could live with just I could live with this beer alone, just to give them that idea in their head a little bit that it's not necessarily about, oh, you have to keep trying a different one every time and looking for something novel or crazy all the time. And that's, that's not what quality is in the long run. Mm. Uh, anyway, I'm just being a jerk, obviously, but I think <laughs> this, beer, this beer is stronger now. That's, that's why I'm going nuts. Beer yeah. Too. Can we talk about this one? Actually, let, let's let Joel lead this one. Cause you and I led the last one, Joel, where's your head start on this, this. Oh, it's, it's strange. It's, it's a very, um, it feels like a strong beer that doesn't have a lot of heavy. It's like a blunt attack on my palate. It's <laughs> it's not sweet, but it tastes like something that had a lot of malt in it. But it it it's it's strong. Um, 
I'm trying to figure out the style, honestly, because it's a little bit dark malty. Yep. Well, it's clearly bourbon barrel aged, right? I think it's a stout. But I don't, I, I, I guess it could be, but it's not, I don't get a ton of bourbon barrel. Do you? So I, so I enjoy smelling it a lot more than I'm enjoying drinking it, but it smells very bourbon vanilla to me. Um, and I'm enjoying that a lot. Um, the, the flavor is a little bit harsh to me, not in a strong way, but it's, it's a little, it's, it's kind of, um, the, 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 it's not pleasing in some way to me. So I think what I, it feels like somebody put an older school stout. You know how stouts have just turned so chewy these days. Yeah. But it just, it just feels to me like somebody put an older school stout, you know, something like old Rasputin into a bourbon barrel and then bottled it up. Um, John, jump in here, pal. Yeah. One, it's jarring going from what we had with beer one to this. I one. had to completely, I had to have a full glass of water in between because yeah. I couldn't shake the sour off enough to find this still is thin on my palate. And that's, and that's the thing that's sort but of killing I was thinking me is that was the sour originally. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. This beer is, is it, it's, it's thin. Um, the, the, the booze is kind of bracing and the beer body isn't there to give it that necessary support so like the the harshness of the booze kind of hangs a little bit more than i would prefer in a beer um it's more, it's more of the alcohol flavor than a good beer flavor for me yeah, yeah. that's does, it, yeah. does does great lakes barrel age their their porter fitzgerald i don't i don't i mean i imagine that they have you know what i mean i don't that's know if kind of where my it. head's at on this something like that like a, a, a yeah but it's I mean it, that base beer on its own though has okay. Sorry, that was me drinking water. That okay. was me trying to wash the sour off first, my... first day with the new glass. Um sorry, no no, that was a squeeze bottle. Sorry, that's a that's a bike bottle full of water. I squeezed it in my mouth right next to the mic. I apologize. <laughs> I was waiting, I was waiting for that sound to stop and then just to hear the thunk of the body hit the <laughs> hit the coffee table. I'm um, very sorry, thieves. I'm very sorry. I thought my dog had swallowed a hairball there. Yeah, I'm, sorry. <laughs> sorry, um, I'm trying to wash the, the petite duchess off my palate. No, so I don't, can taste don't. Just, I, just don't keep I don't want this to end up being like one of my favorite beers that I wasn't fair to because I let Justin put a sour first. Now there's something, there's just something that is um, the base beer strikes me as not being robust enough to handle yeah. the leftover booze that was in this barrel when it first went in. I needed, you think you maybe know, it's just a cheap barrel. Could, also maybe, but you I, know what I mean? Like maybe it's cause you know, either we, way, when like, you and I are drinking barrel aged beers, from wherever we are they tend to be these kind of like you know rock star barrels um yeah you know the barrels I mean? the barrels doesn't so much you know do it for me um it, it, it's more sometimes when you have like a, a lighter beer that's been barrel aged right and and there are um, good examples of loggers that have gone through this recently, or, um, you know, some of the less, you know, hoppy pails or things like that. But, uh, usually if you want a stout or a porter or something, you're going to want it to be 
a bit thicker bodied going in yeah so that the boot and and this beer strikes me as it's not that that it, it'd probably be fine on its own but the the whiskey is just running over this and so you're left with assertive booze and kind of a a, a, a weaker beer and the two i'm having a tough time marrying the two sides together i don't like i don't like beer that's barrel or or even supposedly barrel or actually barrel or imperial stouts and anything like this strong beer i don't like it unless it's pretty thick personally because i feel like if it's a thin body with those flavors it's kind of the worst of both in a way yeah i think i think that's fair i, I these days you know what i mean like these days i think we're we're cooking these beers for like 12 to 14 hours looking for you know, melatonin development to make it so, so thick. Yeah. Uh, and this one tastes like somebody threw a stout in a barrel. Uh, like I said, it could be a porter. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, let's move on. There's no reason to, to yeah. dwell on it. What, Kennedy, uh... what are we sipping on? This is Brooklyn Black Ops aged in four roses barrels. <sighs> so, so, so not cheap booze. Not cheap one booze. Of my, and old one school. of my favorite beers, just yep. like I was afraid of. Yep. <laughs> why did they can this i don't know this is a new release for 2022 it looks like it says black oops <laughs> <laughs> maybe that a- accurate yeah after, after this show they're going to change the name to black oops. black oops <laughs> uh, uh it's a it's a black can black can black ops i can't read it it's like red writing on a black can i'm in a dark room um yeah, yeah, I, I can't even tell. I thought Aww. it was gonna be good, but yeah, mm. it's, it didn't show well, right? I still have some old, old, old Black Ops in the cellar. I should probably pull out next time you're over, John. We can compare it. Yeah, I I should have remembered. I had a can of this sometime after Thanksgiving uh, this year. Um, Were you in the company of the master? Uh, no, I was. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, this was a. Man, I could really go for one more beer. And, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I had how did it I, taste not behind a sour? Uh I I enjoyed I remember I now looking back, I did think that the same notes apply. Um, but I was willing to overlook it because <laughs> you know, it was at the end of the night. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is this is like a nice, it was like a nice after dinner drink after dinner drink after dinner drink you know what people don't talk about enough in this business is what's is that what, <laughs> what grinds your gears your what grinds your gears joel shelton <laughs> no, but, no, but you know what to... burns my toast yeah yeah well <laughs> i don't like to use those kind of words but um <laughs> don't use the b word and the t word all right that's no, right no the beer starting to act on me now no um that's right no the, you know the thing is the whole thing about beer tasting it's kind of nonsense after you've had other beers or food because it's not going to be the same afterwards, no matter what, like John was just saying, he had it at a certain time. It's going to affect you differently depending on a lot of factors. And so in a way, we take it too seriously, the whole tasting thing, because if you just had a taco, it would taste way different. If you had just woken up, it would taste way different. If you had four other beers, blah, blah, blah. So also, if you see what it is before you drink it, it's going to affect your palate. It's going to affect your, uh, not your palate, but your impression of it, right? Like right. you say, it's one of my favorite beers. If you'd known that, you probably would have thought you'd give it a, a benefit of the doubt more. Uh, I don't know. I 
I think the can would have put me off. I hate to be, oh, okay. uh, well, I hate to be an too. old man. I hate to be an old man, but Black Ops is one of my favorite beers. But part of that, Joel, was learning to age it a year. Like even yeah. at the yeah. height of my love of Black Ops, I didn't like it fresh. And I don't, like I said, it's it's a it's a bygone era beer for me. So seeing it in a can, I would have been like, harumph, it won't age in that can. What am I to yeah. do? Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's and this is on me. I think it's been three or four years since I had a black op. So I can't I don't have John's fresh point of reference. But, you know, it's funny is so a friend of mine a long time ago wrote a beer tasting book. And he talks about getting up very early. In the morning. Did I say beer tasting? I meant wine tasting. But he talks about getting up very early having got an audience to taste with one of America's greatest uh, Pinot and Chard makers, Helen Turley. And it's kind of his introduction chapter to how to taste, but he's, you know, he's got an audience with this hard person to meet. And the advice comes through that he should neither brush his teeth nor drink coffee before he goes to taste with Helen. Cause oh, yeah. he needs, he needs the freshest possible palate. Cause he has to be at the absolute top of his game. Um, for tasting early in the morning with one of America's greatest winemakers. And then he has the embarrassment of meeting somebody he idolizes with the worst breath he could possibly have. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah, I guess, you know, it's a commitment to your art though, buddy. She'll, she'll appreciate it. I hope anyway. Um, hey, Kennedy, my man, you got a letter for us? I do. Um, is it a Joel specific letter? Yeah, kind of. It's kind of something we've been touching on. Uh, is it a year. shiny, shiny metal, the shiniest of foils letter? <laughs> no, not quite. Um, but it is from our friend Timothy H. What up, Tim H? Executive producer. Executive producer. Extraordinaire. Uh, senior producer. And it, uh, the title is "Interesting Beers for the Year." Hey, beer boys. How about talking about some of your favorite beers you've tasted this year on the show? I'd say you'd have to be able to go to your untapped check-ins and review that if there weren't any gaps oh, in checking. Oh, in. dude, he is, he is passive-aggressing <laughs> you there, Cass. He's really upset that Cass hasn't been logging our, our beers on, on the untapped days. I think it, requires me, it requires me to go back and listen to episodes, too, because sometimes I wasn't sent pictures, especially at your birthday episodes there, Augie. Hey, dude, nobody expects responsibility from Augie Garden on his birthday. So you're, also, talking to, you're talking to John also, Hall there. Also, also <laughs> when, when I showed up, I was I was told, because it was Augie's birthday, I was told explicitly no pictures. <laughs> I'm, me, I'm, I'm sorry, your honor. I, <laughs> um, that photographic evidence doesn't exist. Favorite beers this year? It's the it's the 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 liquefied marshmallow. What was that one? I don't know. When did we have the liquefied marshmallow? I think beer? that was last year, John. It was, uh, it, it was so Wait, good. It do you stuck mean with the me. cotton candy one? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because the marshmallow one, the marshmallow one is just all the Bolero beers we drank, right? Um, I think uh, I, I hate to do this because it was literally like last week, but that bottle of 10 made me real happy last week. Like real happy. It was what we super pretty. Oh, yeah. It, the the Rockford, yeah, the, the 10, yeah, it, that was fucking delightful. Um, and whatever that episode we did where Kennedy managed to give us four 
gentlemanly, well-behaved, yeast-driven beers. That day I went shopping from the episode. I really liked that day. Yeah. But that, again, is in the last couple of weeks. Does anything stick out in your brain from summer or... Oh. or last, last no week. and i really i like that tim asked this question because it really shows like how how quickly we I, forget yeah. i think yeah. so i would guess the standout beer for me of the year wasn't on the show but was related to the show and it was the non-alcoholic beer chief gave us oh yeah like i think that was my most like wow yeah beer of the year what about uh, you, Joel? What was your what was your moment? Was it that star beer? What was your what was your big winner for the year? See, no matter what I say, it's going to be boring compared to you guys because you no, guys. Just, no, because every time I I haven't talk, even answered the question, so like it's, <laughs> I'm avoiding answering this question. Well, you don't have to answer it because honestly, I know I'm going to be weird again, but I I don't remember <laughs> I don't remember all year what I did. I I I'm more kind of in the moment with the beers. They're like I enjoy the atmosphere that I'm having that particular like the the Sternbroy, Schäuble is the name. Schäuble is the family. No, mm. but that's, I, I don't remember exactly what it was like. I just remember, wow, this is the perfect beer at this moment. This is, this is, the, this is, I've never been happier with a beer in my life. So it's that kind of feeling. I don't remember exactly. Uh, I get that feeling once in a while. I had the same feeling I went to Aguillon's, which is this amazing old farmhouse in Spain. Uh, here I am, you know, talking about my tours again, but mm-hmm. I, I, just because that's what I did this year. But yeah. he has a British style brew pub in his farmhouse, which is about a thousand years old, and he's making IPAs and English pails in his uh, in his brew pub, you know, for his little bar in his house. And I thought, and I said to everybody around, I said, "This is this is what beer is all about. It's just like this English pale." And it's for me more like that. I'm not I'm not uh, picking out one like uh, something startlingly new or over the top or anything. It's always about oh, what what beer has that soul to it that I really like. And it does come up once in a while. And it's just like different times in the year. And so I don't have one that jumps out. And I, I you know, I don't care if I do, to be honest, you know, it's like, Fair enough. I'm a blue collar guy, you know? Yeah, Cass, Tim, so take your question. Yeah, Cass, <laughs> Kennedy. Kennedy, what was your favorite beer you sent us? What what gave you the most devilish smile? Oh, man. You put it in a box. Um, I don't know. Let's see. I have a hard time remembering these two because I... Even though I, I mean, buy them every week, yeah. I mean it's 104 beers a year, right? So yeah, it's not it's not not it's not, not a lot. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I know what uh, mine is. I'm gonna was was the delirium tremens this year? No, that was last year. That was some <laughs> that was last year, shit. and we don't talk about that. That was some shady <laughs> shit. That was, was that some in a shady can, shady way? shit? Yeah. That was what? That was in a can, right? Yeah, that was that, in a can. This was the this was the summer of the stovepipe of over nine, right? Ninety minute for me is is the beer that I think after it was on the show, I've probably bought countless amounts of that stovepipe can just to get my party started on the weekend, and it's just reminded me of how lovely of a beer ninety minute is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's. I want to see this COVID cost me. I haven't been yeah. down. I haven't been down to the the hotel in in two years so i haven't had my oh my god 60 is so good weekend in quite a while i gotta gotta get back to that yeah um we should do some live shows there yeah oh hey let's talk about that so let's throw that out there so i came up with an idea where i think john and i so thieves this is on you if you want us to do this we want to do it i want to do it but so you can go on kayak and search 
cheapest round trip flight from Newark this day. So I did one just to look at for Jan 9th, just to show the, you know, to test the theory with Hall. And if we wanted to on Jan 9th, John and I could go to and from Houston in 24 hours for 130 bucks each. <laughs> and, and I want to do that. I want to pick two, two local brewers and a bar to end up in for the night. We'll pick a date in the future, like someday in February. I'll be like, we're going to fly to this city on this date in February. Who should we interview? Where should we eat dinner and drink? Locals. And take steal the beer, steal this beer on the road and in public a bit more than we've been doing during COVID and freshen up the model a bit that way. So if you guys are into that idea and you think it's fun, give us that feedback and uh and we'll figure out how to do that with the uh the patroons. And yeah, speaking of patroons, John Hall's cast, Tears Across America tour. Yeah. John, uh, come on, man. You and I in a in a, in a mediocre die. western in Houston. <laughs> I like that you even think that we can do westerns. Yeah, this is brought to you by, you know, yeah. Airbnb. Motel. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Cass, it's time Cass. for you to tell them how to send us money so we can tears across America. Tears across America is brought to you by patreon.com slash steal this beer. Thank you to all the Patreons that kick us those dollars and ducats. They do go a long way. We appreciate you very very much uh write us letters uh yeah. steal this beer podcast at gmail.com follow us on all social medias at steal this beer and see what we're drinking on untapped when i decide to put it up because it looks like there's about <laughs> three months three month gap here mr hitchens so um you know we'll bring it up at the next production meeting all right man well joel thanks for joining us yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year everybody. All that stuff. Thanks for having. Thanks for having uh, me. Dude, always a good, such a fun tradition. And I'm glad you got I'm glad you got your trips. I know it was weighing heavy on you last hey, year that they weren't coming guys, together. Are you guys coming to come out with me this year? What's going on? We probably will. No, we're, you won't. we're we're coming back out of our shells. Yeah. What are you guys we're, afraid to go anywhere? We're starting to emerge. No, didn't you just hear we're going to Houston on a budget? <laughs> All right, yeah, start with Houston, then we'll work our way to Catalonia, okay? Woo! All Maybe right, y'all, get at us.